were chosen by God. So maybe you were, you were rejected or overlooked. So maybe you experienced pain of a divorce. Maybe you experienced pain of, you know, of an abortion. And you have held yourself in misery and guilty for all of these years. But God is saying, this is under the blood. I have chosen you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. Remember, your faith can never rise higher than your words. And I've told you this before. Remember that your faith can never rise higher than the words that you speak. So this morning, I wrote down some things in my quiet time that I want to bring forth to you because I believe the Lord is, he's wanting you to hear this. The promises of God become real and living only as we confess them. The promises of God, we've got so many promises of God. We open up our word and the word is full of the promises of God. But the promises of God can only become real and living in you as you confess them. We know the word is alive and it's living, but it becomes living in you when you confess the word of God. Remember that your faith can never rise higher than your words. So therefore your words, when they're backed up by the faith of God, then those words are causing your faith to go to a whole nother level. And your faith is what's going to move mountains. Isn't that powerful? Here are, some, here are some of the promises of God. You have been made whole by his stripes. You were healed. Right? It is written, I am watching over my words to perform it. Jeremiah 1.12. We've got promises on finances that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And that it is nothing for the Lord to bring unto you that which is need and that which is surplus. We have promises of the Lord that he wants to bless and prosper you. We have promises of, from the Lord, from the word of God, that he, he's saving your children. He's rescuing your children. He's saying, refrain your, you know, your eyes from tears and your voice from weeping. He says, for I'm restoring them, bringing them back from the land of captivity. You know, he's saying, we've got promises for our livelihood, for our, our destiny. He says, I've called you. I've chosen you. I've fashioned you for such a time as this. There are promises, but those promises we know from the word, does, they don't return unto us void but in your life are you activating them because I want to tell you something that to me was so so critical that it was a turning point and and he had me write this down listen to this when the promise creates faith in you when when the promise creates faith in you by which product you know it produces action you will be fill in the blank you'll be healed You'll be made whole. You will be prospering. You will see your children restored. You will see, you know, the, the promises of God coming to pass. When, did you, did you hear what I said here? When the promise creates faith in you, the promise, when the promise creates faith in you, the promise of God doesn't return void, but it needs to create faith in you. How does it create faith in you? As you start to decree it, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? When we hear that word sp spoken out loud, that promise is creating faith in you. When there's faith in you, it's pretty good. When there's faith in you, <laughs> did you see that? Some of you were busy writing. That's pretty amazing. Thank you, Jesus. Some of you were busy writing and you missed the whole thing. But that's all right because you're writing down what you need to write. But when the promise creates faith in you, my goodness, and that's what the Lord was telling me. He says, this is what happened. I love when God just does it because he teaches us by his Holy Spirit. And then he tells us what he did. 
So if we don't get any credit, any glory here, we wouldn't take it, the glory anyway. But he was showing me how faith grew in me. He says, because you put the word in you and you spoke it. And so I'm speaking this over you because you're putting the word in you and you're speaking it. It's creating faith in you. That faith that is created in you now goes forth as you speak it out to move those mountains, to crumble every barrier and opposition. Isn't this powerful? Because it's something that we can do. The responsibility is upon us. So he says, when the promise creates faith in you, which produces action, you know, you're speaking the word, you will be healed because by his stripes you're healed. So we don't ask, like I mentioned this before, we're not asking God, please, please, please do this thing that you've already said in your word, you've already done. We're recognizing that I can walk in the level of faith and then the level of healing that I actually have agreed upon within my spirit. May not be my words. My words might be saying, oh, by his stripes I'm healed. But deep within me, do I really believe that? Because what I really believe is what I see in my life. It wasn't until I realized that I am such a daughter of the king that nothing is going to stop the working of my life that things turned around. It was when I started believing that really truly because of his love being poured in me, I, it, nothing really changed externally, but everything, everything changed internally because there was this this switch in my brain, in my mind, that, wow, this is where I'm seated. This is what he has done for me. This is what he called me to do. All I have to do is step in it, walk in it. And I don't care. Let me tell you, you'll be opposed. The enemy will tell you, what are you doing? Sit down. Let someone else do that. You're not qualified. You know, the enemy will lie to you. But, oh, he'll discourage you. He'll come up with all kinds of reasons as to why. And, you may not even know because it just might be a feeling. It may not even be a word, a thought, it, but it's a feeling. But it's still the enemy trying to rob from you. When you realize that you can step into the fullness of everything he promised you and you actually do it is when things change for you. Is when they change for you. It's when they change for me. When I realize, you mean, oh, my goodness, you've called me, you've anointed me, you've appointed me, and I'm the one stopping me because I listened to the wrong voice. Don't listen to the wrong voice. Listen to the voice of the spirit of the living God because he's put so much in you and the greatness of God that lives on the inside of us. No, no, listen to this. He will never ask you to believe for something that he has no intention to fulfill. He will never ask you to believe for something, church, that he has no intention to fulfill. He has intentions to fulfill all of his word. As a matter of fact, not one of them is going to go without being fulfilled. The word says it's not going to, it's not going to just die. It's, it's going to, every single word is going to be fulfilled. Amen. But if he has intentions to fulfill this word, right? Why would he give you a promise and say, claim it, stand on it, stand, speak it, believe for it, act on it. If he had no intention to fulfill that word. So, let every ear be opened today. Let every mind, every understanding right now come into the agreement of everything that you have in the kingdom, which is the spirit of the living God breathing life upon you. Today you had a transformation. We had an impartation. It was from heaven itself. He came down. He poured out in this room for um, such a tangible presence, right? But now you're going to walk out, and you're not just going to take that tangible presence. You will. But you're going to also take the understanding that God's promised me so many things if he promised his intention is to fulfill them 
if his intention is to fulfill them, I'm not going to block or stop the intention of the Lord my God, the one I love so much because of faulty thinking, negative thinking, the world's standards. And so what do we do? We take the promise, each and every promise. But listen to this. Every promise, so his promises that we find in the word, every single promise, in each and every promise, there's a revelation. So we can know things on a surface level. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can, do, I can know that. I can rattle it off, right? We can know things on a certain level. But every single promise actually has a revelation of what God is eager to do for you, for me, for us. Every promise has God's intention and his revelation. So what promises do you need to meditate on more? Because you have a level of revelation. We all have a level of revelation. But revelation, more of his revelation will come. And when you get that, I see in pictures... I mean, I hear as well, but I love when he shows me a picture. It's helpful for me to remember it that way. You know, one thing I do is I'll take a scripture that I'm working on memorizing and I'll, and I'll go into my secret place, quiet time. I'll ask him for the revelation on that scripture. And then I'll have my journal ready. I write the scripture out, but I wait for the revelation. And as the revelation comes, I literally wait to see the picture. I draw it. I draw what I see. Short, it's quick. Trust me, I'm not a drawer. But thank you, Jesus, I can do all things. God loves my drawings. <laughs> Stick figure and all, but he loves my drawings. But anyway, so, but the thing is this. I remember that scripture so well because I saw it in pictures, in the picture that he showed me. So I'm encouraging some of you to do this one way of memorizing. But it's not just the memory and the memorization, although that's good. It's the revelation that when you know, my goodness, no, I really honestly can do every single thing that he has called me to put my hand to. Every single thing, even when I feel so inadequate and so unprepared and so ill-equipped, God says, it doesn't matter because if I've called you to do that very thing, then I'm also equipping you for it and you will do it and you're going to do it with the integrity. You're going to do it with grace. You're going to do it with victory because I'm in this. I mean you. He's in you. He's in us. We walk with the spirit of the living God. He walks with us. He talks with us. Everywhere I go, I carry him. And everywhere you go, you carry the spirit of the living God. We walk with him. We talk with him. We dream with him. I love to dream with God. Before I go to sleep, oh, Lord, I thank you for covering my mind. I want to dream the dreams of God. Lord, speak to me in the night. Lord, speak to me when I wake. Lord, speak to me day and night. Do you pray like this? This is called divine revelation this is called intimacy with Christ this is called the romance of God over our lives it's so good it's so powerful so his promises are each a revelation of what God is eager to do for us let the revelation start to flow in multiple layers not just a surface layer, you've got it memorized and you can quote the reference. But oh, how does that apply to you? Eat of it. 
Eat of it, drink of it, saturate yourself with it. Eat of it, drink of it, saturate yourself with it. For when you do, you see that start to explode on the inside of you. And then the very thing that others just hear and ignore and they think they've received it all, you're walking in the fullness and you know it's not common. It's not common. It's not good that it's not common, but it's not common. But I'm endeavoring to have all of us press in to really walk in a divine revelation of God's word, his presence and his word. Hallelujah. Last two scriptures here. Ephesians, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Exodus 15, 26, where it says, I am the Lord who heals you. We've heard this. We've read that many times. I'm the Lord who heals you, right? You know that this was spoken over three million, to over 3 million people this, this verse was spoken to over 3 million people. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. You. He spoke it to over 3 million people, but you are included in the you he's referring to. I am the Lord who heals you. He does not change. God is not a man that he should lie. He says, I am the Lord who heals you. So when you get the revelation that it wasn't just for those 3 million people that heard this word, that received this word, and, re and truly received this word, it's for you. It's for me today to grab hold of the revelation that's in this word that no matter what, he has healed me. He is Jehovah Rapha. Now, I'm only using this scripture. It could be any scripture, but I want you to put yourself in it, and I want you to meditate on that word and let the revelation start to flow. And just like, that was, it, that was um, Exodus 15, 26, but also 1 Peter 2, 24. 1 Peter 2, 24, by his stripes you were healed. By his stripes you were healed. You you, he's speaking to you, every single one of us. So we must realize these promises are truly for me, for all who believe that you are the you he's referring to. So belief is just that, you know, we will receive as much as we believe. So Lord, let every place of unbelief right now be scattered and be removed. Even just unbelief that we're unaware of. Let it be scattered, let it be removed. Because I believe that's usually the case. It's not really a, an unbelief that we're hanging on to by choice. Usually it's an unbelief that we are hanging on to, but we're not even recognizing it, right? We're unaware of it. So right now, let every place of unbelief be removed. We uproot any lying spirit. We uproot lies. We take authority right now over any generational spirit of lies, thievery. We command it to go. Fear. We command all fear to leave in the name of Jesus. That, that um, resounding, that same old, same old lying spirit, it's like a pattern. It just continues to play in our head. No, we bind and cast that out. As the word says, take every thought and make it obedient to the Lord. So we're going to take every thought and we're going to make it obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ right now, right here in Jesus' name. And Father God, we are not going to miss anything you're doing. They're not going to miss, not one thing, not one thing. They're being filled again. Their minds are active. Your minds are alert. Say, my mind is alert. My mind is alert. My spirit is active. Mm -hmm. And it's active because it's attached to the Holy Spirit. My spirit is alive because I'm found in Christ. My mind is active 
My mind is strong. My mind belongs to Christ. My mind is set on the things of the word. My mind will not shift back and forth because I am firmly planted in the word of the Lord. I am flourishing. I hope you're repeating. I am flourishing like a palm tree because I'm planted in the house of the Lord. I bless my spirit to thrive, to grow, to heal, to be restored. I bless my spirit. Just put your hand even on your spirit right now. I bless my spirit. Father God, in every place throughout our lives where our spirit have been wounded through something that somebody said or did, Father God, right now I bless, we bless, we bless our spirit man to thrive, to heal, to be restored, and to be everything that God has called us to be. For we are appointed. You are appointed. You are anointed. God has called you. He's fashioned you with his very image, his very personhood, the spirit of God in you, the spirit of God in you. Glory to God. And so my message is titled appointed and positioned by God, appointed and positioned by God. This is who we are. This is who you are, Andrew. You're appointed and positioned by God. In spite of what you may go through, what you feel, circumstances, you are appointed and you are positioned. We are positioned by God. So we're chosen, appointed, and positioned. In John 15, 16, I was reading this the other day, and it just so jumped out at me. John 15 and in verse 16. But, but I'm gonna, I want to read, I want to back up a little bit, and I want to read in starting in verse 12. Starting in verse 12, it says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do, you call your, do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. You did not choose me. You did not choose me, saith the Lord. But I chose you. I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. You did not choose me, he says, but I chose you and I appointed you. You're chosen by God. So maybe you were you were rejected or overlooked. So maybe you experienced pain of a divorce. Maybe you experienced pain of, you know, of an abortion and you have held yourself in misery and guilty for all of these years, but God is saying, this is under the blood. I have chosen you. You didn't choose me. I chose you and I have appointed you for now is the day and the hour where God is saying, I want to move through you. There is no more time to waste. No more time. So we're going to take this mindset and walk on fire. We're going to take this mindset and walk anointed because in reality, that's what God has done. He's called us to walk anointed from the littlest to the, to the oldest, the tallest, from, from every age. Every person listening to this message, it includes you. This includes you. Do you hear what God is doing? Do you hear? Did you see what God just did today? I'm just beside myself in the glory of God. To think that 
heaven, this like heaven, like Christ, Jesus, watching over that whole move. Initiating. Doing it. He was doing it. But to think that he's just watching with pleasure. This is how I see it. He was watching with pleasure as you yielded yourself to him. And you opened up your spirit man to him. And he did for you in a moment. That clearly could take a lifetime. But he did what he wanted to do. And that was to totally transform. Oh, my goodness. What I love about that is, is that he is pleased by it. He not only initiates it, but he was pleased by it. It was his initiation when we yielded to him. He initiates. So let me remind you of some of your inheritance that's found in Christ. I'm going to read these things. I'm going to go fairly quickly as I read this. I want you to receive it. I want you to receive it because you know you can all watch the, the you can watch the recorded uh, message. So, but I really want you to receive it in your spirit, man, right now. That this is who you are, and this is your inheritance in Christ. That you are alive with Christ. You are anxious for nothing. You are continually with God. Oh, how I love that. You are enriched in everything, equipped for destiny. You're suited with his armor. You are a friend of God. We just read that. You are his handiwork, holy and dearly loved. You are no longer slaves to sin. You have not been given a spirit of fear. You are an ambassador for Christ. You're part of the army of God. You've been given dominion, royalty, priesthood, because Christ dwells within you. You are the sweet aroma of God. You're treasured by him. You're transformed into his image. You're transferred to the kingdom of God. Walk out your new life in him. You are worthy of God's calling. You are the elect of God. You're chosen. You're elected. God chose you. Amen. You're valued. You're in his inheritance is in you. His inheritance is in you. That is incredible. That uh, the God of creation would have thought to put his inheritance, which is beyond our understanding, within the life of his believer, every one of them, every one of them, every single believer, the inheritance of Christ, which is, like I said, beyond our real truly understanding of the fullness of that, but yet he chose to put it on the inside of his believers. He purchased it all for us. He purchased it, beloveds of God. It is promised and it is preserved forever in the heavenly realms for you. And I'm going to have you turn to 1 Peter. Isn't that good? Oh, my goodness. It's reserved and preserved forever in the heavenly realms for you. And so here's the scripture to back all that up. 1 Peter 1.4. 1 Peter 1.4. It says, to an inheritance. We're going to back up and read it. But first I want to read this part. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away reserved in heaven for you. Thank you, Jesus. But now let's back up. Let's back up. And I want to I wanna back up to verse 2. Because in verse 2, it says that the sanctification of the Spirit, okay, of, for obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, this is, called, this is to the elect. Verse 2 says to the elect. The elect 
We are the elect. We're the chosen, predestined ones. You are the elect. You're not forgotten. You were chosen. You're elect. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. Christ is the anointed one. Peter, an apostle of Christ, the anointed one, right? And he's saying to the pilgrims, the pilgrims, who are they? You, the chosen ones. You're pilgrims. We're the chosen ones. So he's saying, Peter is saying, this is an apostle. As an apostle of Jesus Christ, the anointed one, he's saying, I'm speaking to the pilgrims. I'm speaking to the children of God. I'm speaking to the chosen ones. He says, the elect of God. Say, that's me. That's me. So he says here, in sanctification of the spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. He says, grace, and, uh, grace to you and peace be multiplied. Verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy, that means his extravagant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope. He's begotten you means reborn into a perfect inheritance. He's begotten you. You are reborn into a perfect inheritance. You didn't have this when you were first born. You had it when you were reborn. You received this when you said yes to Christ. Reborn. Say, I'm reborn. Hallelujah. Yes, perfect inheritance. So he says, according to his abundant mercy, he has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled. It does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith. All these things that he is promising you, your inheritance that is found in Christ is given to you when you said yes to Jesus, your reborn experience, that's when it was yours, it is still yours, and he says, I'm keeping you, and you don't have to strive because you're being kept by the power of God. Your inheritance is kept by the power of God. You are being kept by the power of God. Think about it. What a gift. You may think you're unqualified to even handle those gifts that God has given you, to handle such responsibility. What, Lord, are you kidding? The creator of all of the universe to give us such a great inheritance. Am I qualified? Can I handle it? What will I do with it? Oh, yes, because it's you are kept by the power of God. You are kept. As he started, he finishes. He says, I breathe life into you, and you became a living being. And so now, because of the spirit of God in you, you are more than qualified, church of God. Don't disqualify yourself because you don't think you can do what God's called you to do. Because